1: All right, Brian, pretty excited today. We're back with the death lineup. So excited. I'm wearing my Hamptons five shirt. Shout out to Warriors world. Uh, and also we have stuff to actually talk about. We skipped out last week because I don't know how I was going to be able to talk 45 minutes of the Warriors, not signing that uh candy eating farter, uh, Dwight Howard. We'll talk about him a little bit, but there's news. There's lots of stuff going on. And the first thing is something that I think you've probably been waiting for for a little bit. All Star Weekend 2025. The rumor is that the Warriors are going to get the uh, the the All Star Weekend. So I'll read from the Athletic Shams and the Athletic staff reporting. The NBA is nearing plans to host the 2025 All Star Weekend at the Golden State Warriors Chase Center. League sources confirmed Thursday. This upcoming season's All-Star Weekend will be in Indianapolis. The NBA last hosted All-Star Weekend in the Bay Area in the year 2000. The year that you were one years old. Actually, by the time this All-Star Game happened, you were not yet one years old. When the Warriors were still based in Oakland, this would be the first All-Star Game held at Chase Center, which opened in 2019. That's big time. When's the last time a All-Star Game for the Bay Area in all three sports like is it the giants was it oh four for the giants i know i have a patch somewhere that that says that and i forgot what year it was but uh, all i know is uh i think Ichiro hit like an inside the park home run against lincecum that's that was i think that was the you the oh, so know we're talking like oh and that was at at or at the time at yeah it was probably like it's probably like oh seven oh seven, 07. yeah yeah I don't know. Oh, seven, 07 sounds right. But yeah, I mean, then what was it? Levi Stadium got to host the Super Bowl. Was mm-hmm. it Panthers, Broncos? And they're going to get it soon again, I think, as well. How does the system work? <laughs> like, I would think it's just like, you know, rotating between 30 teams, but I guess maybe a city puts a bid in because a big city has more money and it boosts their economy. And I don't even know how the logistics work for that, but I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. I think it's all bid based and. You know, we can promise you that we'll bring X amount and this this amount of people. And, you know, it's also I think one of the things when it comes to building new stadiums and new arenas, I think one of the perks is like, hey, you'll also get one of these special events. And so I'm sure when Joe Lacob said, "Okay, I'm building this thing, they're like, "Okay, you build it. And you'll get one of the upcoming all star weekends, I'm sure that was part of the ball game, yeah, that makes sense, so I guess the thing is is you know for people who want to go now there's uh from what I understand, as far as televised events, there's the Friday night where they do the celeb game, and then there's the rookie sophomore game, which um now now it's the do they split them up internationally or is it still rookies and sophomores? No, they do a four-team draft. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah. So that, that's like the Friday night stuff. And then the Saturday night stuff is the slam dunk contest, the three-point shootout. Skills. Skills competition stuff. Uh, ho- hopefully some stuff with the WNBA women. And then Sunday is the actual All-Star game. Now, you know how hard it is to get a playoff ticket to the warriors. We, I mean, we sat in front of a uh, chase to watch King's warriors and we're just kind of like, mm, if this ticket gets under a hundred bucks, then maybe we'll go in the stadium in the arena. Nope. We'll just watch it from the big screen. Um, but yeah, like I, it seems like it would be a pretty hard ticket. And I wonder, I'm sure there will be some ticket plans where they're like, Hey, if you, if you buy a 10 pack of season tickets or something like that, you know, you'll have an opportunity to buy All Star Game tickets. That would be really interesting, and that would actually probably get me to fork out some money for uh, a ticket plan of some sort. But yeah, how do we get tickets to this thing? Because I really I want to go. I, I more so want to go to Saturday than Sunday, but both both days would be awesome. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather just go to Saturday, depending on the price. But I I mean I have no clue how you get tickets. Maybe I'm, I'm assuming they wouldn't even start announcing that stuff until next season, right? Because they're bidding for like the 2025 All Star Game. Which would be 2025, February, which isn't until next season. I mean, like I tickets are ridiculous right now. I looked for the Jordan Poole game in San Francisco for the end of this year. It's like 300 bucks a ticket, like yes, in, sure anywhere. It's, it's crazy right now for, for this team. So I wasn't even that good last year. <laughs> CP? He's a ticket seller, man? No way, man. Uh, so yeah, so this very early in the ball game, but that is uh, the latest news that just came out earlier today. And other news now, just that this is Warriors tangentially related, not exactly Warriors news. But uh, earlier this week, from Marcus Thompson, the Golden State Warriors are close to bringing a, a WNBA franchise to the Bay Area, according to multiple sources with knowledge of the deal. The deal is not completed. Sources stress that several details still need to be worked out. But if finalized, the franchise will play its games at Chase Center and be headquartered in Oakland at the team's practice facility, which the organization still owns and uses to maintain a presence in the community. An announcement could come as soon as early October. So within the next week, maybe. Now, the the interesting thing about this is that Joe Lacob, He was an owner of the old American Basketball League, which had a team in San Jose in 1996, the San Jose Lasers. And I was at school. They practiced and played on San Jose State. Their top star was a point guard for Stanford in the late 80s. Her name was Jennifer A.Z. I think she still does some TV stuff with – CNBC maybe I mean uh, NBC Sports Bay Area and so I had a dream one night that I was doing some play by play for the San Jose lasers and I had to call a last minute shot for Jennifer Azy to win the game and then I was at school the next day walking the campus and who walks right by me none other than a sweaty after practice Jennifer AZ. so <laughs> I froze too. I should have said hi. I should have said something, and I literally just froze because I was like, "Wait, this is deja vu." Oh no, that was a dream. What am I talking? About? When did I? I, for, I didn't even. I think I've heard of that before. the the was it the ABL mm-hmm. American Basketball League? So yeah. the ABL I think was one maybe one year before the WNBA. Okay. And then they only they only had a couple years, I think, from what I remember. Didn't the WNBA get some of the ABL teams, or was it just brand new? I think they just took the best players. Oh, okay. I think. But yeah that I mean that you're talking about the late the late 90s time frame. Yeah. So. That's cool. So, so what do you, what do you think a WNBA team out this way it, it's kind of weird that they're going to practice in Oakland and then play in San Francisco. Or at least know, the yeah. organization will be based in Oakland. That's that's, that's kind of weird. It's silly. Yeah. I think it should just be everything in SF, especially if it's just Joe Lakeup the owner he's not sharing it with any like the Oakland groups that were rumored to be getting one. It should just mm-hmm. be straight in San Francisco. Um but, you yeah, know, I've been looking forward to this for since I moved here, really. Um, I, th- I thought that I, I that's why I, I have the WNBA season pass or league pass this year. I, I've been really trying to get into the league because I I was 80 percent sure we were getting a team. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to know who the players were, who's good, the history and stuff before um, before we got a team and we're getting a team. I, I just think it'd be I was telling someone like, you know, the, M- the WNBA gets its uh people people like to make fun of it and and those people are just insecure but uh i think that yeah they're they're like 20 years in the past they're like neanderthals at this point yeah so i i someone was asking me why i'm watching it and i kind of told them that not only to support the league but with the giants niners and warriors who came to the bay in like the 50s like i was essentially like grandfathered in Mm -hmm. as a fan of those teams and i think it would be cool to be like the first generation of fan mm-hmm. you know and my future children grandchildren and stuff becomes a fan of like i i think that would be a cool experience to be like on the ground floor with with that team go to the first game get yeah you know courtside if courtside seats are under 400 dollars <laughs> for the first game like i would genuinely i don't know what lake is going to charge but i would genuinely think about it for the for the for, for just the very first game. Just season season tickets might be a little affordable. I remember when I went to the Mercury game when I took uh your aunt and uh Malia, m- my niece, and then uh your grandpa went with us. The tickets were like, I don't know, like 35 bucks a piece. So they weren't bad. And and you know they it's not like they were super up close, but the, the I I thought they were good value. And you know it correspondence with what the Warriors charge like if you have an affordable team playing at Chase it's like 70 and, yeah and you and you get fans in there and you can sit a little closer than you would at a Warriors game I would totally go I, I mean the second merch comes out I'm wearing oh, yeah. a hat I'm wearing oh, yeah. a shirt all that stuff and then you know and then we like you said you're kind of at the at the beginning of it so you know, the WNBA draft, whoever their first pick is, get the Jersey and we bring them on this podcast Yeah, exactly. like this. So yeah, it may be, it may be the death lineup. Plus uh, my name for the team is the Bay area breakers. That's good. See, I think it's kind of corny when, you know, the, the, the team's already there, but I feel like in the year of 2023, like you know, you have the Minnesota Timberwolves and you have the Minnesota Lynx. I feel like some people think that that's cool. Oh, there's a connection between the man and the man, the NBA and the WNBA team in the same city. I'm kind of against it because I, I like the uniqueness of the WNBA teams. There's the Mystics and the Wizards. Like, oh, kind of cool, but I'd rather the WNBA team be like set make their own mark. Nothing related to the Warriors regard besides owner and and arena. Um and. In- so, you know, the, the, the out of some WNBA teams, I pitched the San Francisco Fog, and that just doesn't sound like a sports team. But if you think about, you know, some of the WNBA teams, there's the Connecticut Sun, mm-hmm. there's the Chicago Sky. So they do have kind of team names like that that don't end in the letter S, which is nice. <laughs> what about the Bay Area Breeze? It's a good one, too. Always it's breezy a, in San Francisco. And so I, just, pitch- I just looked, the Bay Area Breakers. What? it's a football club, isn't it? Pickleball, pickleball. <laughs> I was like, well, I, that that sounded familiar. I don't think I know the pickleball team, but I've heard that before. Maybe a little league or something. But um, someone pitched the what the San Francisco Seals, uh huh, before they, yeah. So I think I think that would be ah the Bay Area Breeze is a professional American women's soccer team founded in twenty eleven. Uh, are they still around? No, no, it doesn't look like they're around anymore. So I think. I think they are More in the that clear. name might be up for grabs. By the way, do you know the other uh the Oakland um Oakland Roots uh they they just put out like a a like a co-founding like ownership group where you could I saw fans could, could put a, a few bucks in so I am a co-owner of the Oakland Roots. Now you got to learn what an offsides is. I know the rules <laughs> I know to an about extent. All that. I know about all that. Uh, to an extent, I know. You just the rules. you just know the rules through Ted Lasso. Um, I I tried to watch not not this past World Cup. Uh, I, I watched a little bit of the women's World Cup, but it was mostly kind of in the background. But when we started, before we even became next door, the the company, um, my my uh, company was called Fanbase, and so we were like doing like historical archive sports stuff and. So I watched the most I ever watched of soccer was during that year that we were fan based cuz the World Cup was happening at that point and so we were we had it on in the office and stuff so I tried to I tried very hard to learn it but I am not in any way a a soccer uh fanatic so but it I mean you know I I'm interested man I, it, it it's to me it's more about supporting the teams right than it yeah. is supporting uh the you know the sport necessarily like like you said that's you know getting in on the ground floor um and all that so the uh the the the, so the thing that's interesting about this oakland group is so they have the roots and then it's the roots and soul and i i can't i'm having a hard time figuring out like what the difference is between the two teams is it are they both are they both soccer yeah, it's like, um, I think one is maybe a men's team and one is a women's team or something. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it is. So maybe, I think, actually, now that I think of it, I think it's the soul that I uh, that I partnered in with, not, not the Roots. I think the Roots were already existing and the Soul mm-hmm. is the brand new team. But they're under the same umbrella of the Roots and Ownership. Soul Sports Club community. Yeah, so. that's cool. Yeah. I want, I want to throw in one thing into, into just to toss it into the air and we'll, we'll see if it ever happens. But the Warriors or the, whatever their team name ends up being, Lakeup gets the WNBA team. You have to do the expansion draft. I don't know if it's the same as it is for the NBA where you have to like protect seven players or whatever mm-hmm. it is, or five players. Um, but maybe there's a chance that the San Francisco, their first pick. This is like projecting years in advance. But Haley Jones, I don't know if you know who Haley Jones is, but she grew up. She's around um, probably around JJ's age. So she's probably like 20 or 21 or 22. Your um, brother is 22, by the way. Yeah, he she grew up in the Santa Cruz area and was in like the AAU circuit over in the mm. Santa Cruz area. Because JD, I think, ran into like I don't think JD, our my cousin, ever, ever played her. But I know that probably maybe at similar tournaments. So JD's the one who told me about her. Mm-hmm. And then so she grew up in the Santa Cruz area, uh played AAU ball in Santa Cruz, then went to Stanford. Okay. And then that's when they played my school, the U of A, like during like my third year for the for the championship. And and Stanford beat them. And then so I've been following Haley since she got drafted to Atlanta this past year. But with the with the women's basketball stuff, it's like it's very interesting on how like she was like the fifth pick in the draft and it's not it wouldn't be a shocker to anyone. Not she doesn't play that much that, that she doesn't play that much or that she's not on the team next year. It's just yeah. women. The WNBA has, you know, 12 teams, I think it is with like 15 roster spots. So it's just like a very it's very hard to stick. And the, it seems in, like- the incoming class of first round draft picks kind of pushes that you got you got to push someone out in order for these players to and get. sometimes just players don't get pushed out it's like yeah. it's sometimes, in the WNBA would have noticed is that people players are some of the greats are able to play like very late into their career like how old was sue bird before she retired diana Taurasi, like those mm-hmm. players some of these pe- players are still at the t- peak of their game whereas in the d- nba it's like we get the young fresh legs you know the new phenoms and Come it's like man. it you takes a lot Haslam. of yeah, okay, the UD. I guess. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I would – it's interesting how the WNBA, like you you see some top recruit just not make the roster the next season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm excited. I can't wait to hear more news. I hope there's more information about team name, about, you know, w- when they're starting and, like you said, how the, how the draft might work and all that. Uh, but we do have some Warriors news. Um, one, Rudy Gay who was often rumored to join the Warriors in the last several years. The Warriors agreed to a one-year contract with Rudy Gay, uh, according to reporting by Adrian Wojnarowski. Gay will compete for an open roster spot. So he is not signed with a, a permanent spot on the roster. He's kind of got to go into an open competition with uh, several other players. And uh, he is in his, I think this is going to be his 18th year, maybe. Really, 18th <laughs> year in the league, which is kind of crazy. Because I remember, I, I mean, I remember his entire career. So, uh, kind of crazy that he's been in 18. So, so he's competing for a roster spot with who, who, who else is competing for these? Have spots? we heard any of the other training camp spots? Like who's? Oh, oh, the the that center from Santa Cruz. We, we talked about him on, like, the last pod, I think. Um, I'm going to see if they have this anywhere. Yeah, because we haven't heard JTA or Bazemore signed a, a training camp deal. Oh, oh, Rodney McGruder. They also signed a yeah, training McGruder. camp. Usman Garuba. He's He's two-way. I don't think he's fighting for a... I mean, he could get it, though, right? Like, he could, he could be the guy, and then they just... They they free up a two way for somebody else and they add him to the team. Cause they have spots fourteen and fifteen, right? They're they're basically they're competing well, for one spot and then they're gonna keep that fifteenth spot open. So I, I mean, technically with the Rudy Gay signing, I'm pretty sure that, that that's spot fourteen. I'm assuming it's just a partially guaranteed deal, though. So they could just, you know, cut him at training camp and and just open up that thirteenth spot again. But I think technically he's number fourteen, right? They made it sound like that in the in the signing. It's yeah. Uh, only thing I saw was that he's got to compete for the spot that nothing has been given to him. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's just like a partially guaranteed, but like in the technicalities, he technically is a roster spot, but it could be easily to cut. I mean, if he has any wheels left, and I don't know what his, uh, I'll look, I'll look up sort of his his injury history and such, um, but his size and his ability to, uh, to kind of move a little bit. It seems like it would be helpful because they they didn't they they opted against signing a big man. Dwight Howard was was heavily rumored, uh, and he you know so he is six ten, so he is long. He is a he is someone who could kind of stick his butt in the post and and get a you know and get a mid range a la Sean Livingston, but last year. Uh, did not bode well for his his numbers <laughs> when, when he did play fifty six games and he did play fifteen minutes a game, but he shot thirty eight percent uh and he shot twenty five percent from three and historically he was around a thirty five percent from three shooter. So last year was not great for him, but you know he's still a really good free throw shooter he he, he is at eighty percent for his entire career. so you know some of that could simply be, you know, whatever it was at, at Utah and maybe, you know, he stretches him out a little bit like uh, our, our, our former guy, the hero. Don't say it. Don't say it. Now, see, I have I have a pu- I have pushback against even that comparison because I see, you know, there's another conversation. I don't know if we're going to get into it, but in Warriors land right now, it's OK. The Dame Lillard trade happened. Mm-hmm. Drew Holiday went to. Portland And Warriors Twitter is entertaining the idea of now flipping Chris Paul, who we just got in the Jordan Poole trade, pairing him with either Camingo or Moody and trading him for True Holiday, Expe- expecting that, you know, uh, Portland is, is going to go through with that. But my pushback to it is that, OK, I, I just I find it very important to have rotation players that you can trust to play in a rotation. Sure. Kaminga hasn't proved himself to be a playoff rotation player yet, but I think this was the year that he was going to do it. On top of that, you look at our roster with how many veterans we have, how many guys that you can't even pencil in as 65 plus games played for the year type of players. There's probably like seven of them who you can't, you know, say for a fact that I think they're going to play more than 65 games on the regular season. So you need the Kaminga and the Moody, the young players to, to just be available and be a body for a night. And so my pushback to trading Kaminga and Chris Paul for Drew Holiday is that, okay, who's the JK replacement? Yeah. Drew Holiday is the CP replacement. Drew Holiday fits the team better. But if you're telling me Rudy Gay is going to slot into the Kaminga minutes, you, I just don't think that there's a Rudy, and, and people are saying the Rudy Gay comparison to the Otto Porter Junior comparison. There's it's mm-hmm. a completely different. I think we caught Otto at like the perfect year. You know, he was already a really good three point shooter coming into uh, the the season, and and he kind of you know changed his game up a little bit from like a wing who's kind of moving all over the floor to kind of like a big for the Warriors. He was he was didn't move that much, kind of a good rebounder, and he was a little slower out there. Sure, that kind of fits a Rudy Gay profile, but he's just never been that type of three-point shooter in the past I don't know decades since he's been in the league or uh. I mean, he's never been he, Rudy Gay has never been a knockdown lights out three-point shooter mostly because he's never really shot it at a high volume like his best years shooting the three were uh, 2011 but he only shot 2.7 a game at 40 percent um, and in, uh, in 2018, 2019, he shot 40% as well, but that's off of 2.7 attempts. So his highest, his highest volume in his entire career, uh, would have been his second year in the league. And then, uh, after that would have been three years ago, uh, in, uh, in San Antonio, he actually took almost four and a half at 38% clip. So that if you're looking at what could he provide and you're hoping that he could turn back the clock three years, that is probably best case scenario. And what he did last year is probably worst case scenario. Yeah. Uh but okay, to to back to your point. So you know who would take those Kuminga minutes is it would be a mix of Saric, Moody, and GP. That's the those are the guys who you would sort of Depending on which version of Kaminga, if you had to play small ball five Kaminga, then you'd 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 probably put Saric in there. If you had to play wing Kaminga, then you'd you you put Moody in there. If you needed uh you know uh oop you know player uh, who just cuts back door, then that's that's Peyton. That's who you would do. And I already just by looking at the roster, I do wonder how if Saric pushes Kaminga down the the lineup even further and maybe even behind Moses Moody just because of the size yeah I mean we'll sarge on offense like I know we we've looked at it and we kind of pencil him in as someone who we think is like kind of like a sharpshooter but he only really does shoot like 2.8 threes per game or something like that but if he can up that volume and keep the percentage like he could technically be a four on offense and Kaminga can kind of be the five on offense so they could play together and, you know, we, and we're again, I keep saying the word penciling in a lot, but I mean, Kaminga shot 37% from three last year and, and teams aren't going to give it to him. Uh, I mean, teams are going to just give it to him until he proves that. And I and I hope he does, but I Sarge, is, Sarge had an interesting year last year. He shot 39% from three at two a game and didn't really do a whole lot else offensively. It was like he had a, uh, you know, he took five shots a game. Two of them were three or three of them were threes. So, you know, six, uh, no, two of them were three. So 40% of his shots were threes. And then 60% of his shot were twos. Uh, he shot the twos at 50%, shot the threes at 39%. Uh, but he did not rebound really as, as much as you would think. And also he didn't play as much as you would think. He only played around 14 minutes a game last year. And mm-hmm. I wonder if that's what they are looking for, or if they're actually looking for a little bit of a bump, because the last time he played over twenty minutes a game would have been nineteen 1920. he played twenty four point seven minutes a game for Phoenix, and that was uh you know not his best year, but it was it was a, a a pretty decent year, especially with the rebounding. so i I that's another one you know we talk about what could you expect at Rudy Gay? Sarich fits. Isn't Saric, well, like, 28, he, though? Yeah, but he also hasn't he, – he, if you look at numbers and you go, why are all these numbers going down every year? That's the same thing with Saric. I don't know. I, I think I, – yeah, I, I I can't really explain, like, the numbers going down. For he him also shoots that... good from free throw, so that's mm-hmm. going to help. He shoots 83% or so. Yeah. I just think his game doesn't – you know, Rudy Gay, you know, at its prime was, like, the athletic shot creator who, you know – very active with the ball in his hands and Sarch is kind of like a slower stretch for almost like i i can't imagine that you know he's like he's like getting w- like worse i guess cuz i feel Bielitsa? like those he, yeah those be the be those players that kind of rely on on i get i don't know skill the better word for it but skill rather than you know just having super athleticism over some people i feel like those guys usually are able to keep it up and i don't know I, i'm i'm high on the Saric signing and okay. I think, what I about, think what about the pivot go. away from Dwight Howard? Cause there were, it was, ruler. I was for it. Yeah. I was, for you, the pivot you were away. for it. O- o- Obi Obi wanted our, our good friend, Obina, who was like on the first episode ever of this podcast and we haven't brought him back yet. We're gonna have to bring him back. He was complete. he wanted Dwight Howard. He's like, man, Dwight Howard's going to, they need a center and this and that. And I'm like, man, Dwight Howard didn't even make a team last year. He had to go play somewhere else and, I don't know if you can have uh, you just traded JP and then I don't know if you want to bring, you know, a questionable seriousness of a player in. But I don't know. He did win a title with LeBron. So maybe that changed him a little bit. Yeah, I mean that one. That one's a tough one because I feel like the Warriors have always prided themselves on, like, not maybe not prided themselves, but have always had like a standard of players that they sign. And by standard, I mean like the personalities they bring into the locker room. And you know, you could point to a Swaggy P back in the day, a Javale McGee back in the day, Demarcus Cousins. You know, they kind of fit that maybe more Dwight Howard personality uh, than than you know. But I, I think that I think that Dwight. Like you said, he, he did not make a team last year. I don't know how hard he tried to make a team. I don't know how, if he just wanted to go overseas or something, but I feel like this guy, you know, he, he I, I think, I think he's kind of funny, but I feel like he, there's a part of him and I, and for some competitors, I'm sure like you have to hold on to that, but there's some part of him that I feel like he, he still thinks he's like 2012 Dwight. You know, he, he made like a comment and I didn't take it seriously. I think he was just kidding, but he was. Saying that Team USA should hold a spot for him, or else he's going to go play for Taiwan, and it's just you know, it's <laughs> stuff's funny. But then you're talking about you know, over emotional Draymond. How does he take some of these comments? And yeah, you know, like I think I think there is stuff at play here. And, and if you're signing Dwight Howard to be your 14th man, like you're not, he's not going to. There's the financial um, commitment, the roster commitment. Like you don't play him that much in that in that spot. So if you're not going to play him that much already, why even? why even attempt to uh, mix up the locker room like that? If he's not even going to be like a, you know, the backup, you yeah. know, he's, he's going to, he's barely going to play. Yeah. It's not worth it. And you know, he is used to being a superstar and a, and someone whose value he believes to the team is in rebounding and, you know, dunks and alley-oops and stuff. And I, I, I don't know, maybe his athleticism, uh, is still there. I have not seen this dude play in, in, in so long.
0: Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store check out daily promotions same game parlays live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See betmgm.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. All right, let's talk about
1: uh, a couple other things. And we'll just go over the dame trade right at the end of this. But uh, Andre Gudala. And Evan Turner... You see, Evan Turner retweeted me the other day. He did? Well, because I called him out. Oh, I didn't see that. I, I said that uh, one of the one one of my favorite podcasting moments is whenever Andre makes Evan Turner laugh because Evan's got that, that high-pitched <laughs> cackle. And uh, so he retweeted <laughs> that. Uh, but Andre Godala on this podcast, they asked him... JJ Redick asked him about Jordan Poole. And Andre made... The most interesting comment that did, I I mean, maybe it did get aggregated and maybe there's tons of social about it. I haven't seen a ton of it, but he said he had a conversation with Jordan telling Jordan that it is harder to not try or fake try than it is to try on the basketball court. What did you think of that comment? I mean, that one, that one, it'll just make me mad because I like win at this guy like all season for how poorly he was playing at defense I thought he was one of the worst defenders in the entire league and to hear that it's kind of like I mean I like I I don't know it's just like I wasn't he 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 faked it he he fooled me um but I don't know that's still some of like the worst clips I'll ever watch in my life is just him falling down on offense every single play it's a four on five going back the other way or if you throw on the Brooklyn Nets, I think it, yeah, he was, Kyrie was still on Brooklyn. The Brooklyn Nets versus the Golden State Warriors, I want to say it was around halfway through this past season. Kyrie just, anytime Jordan pulls on Kyrie, it's just the most embarrassing thing I've ever had to watch in my life. Because Kyrie just kills him. It was that chase. It was this past season. But, yeah, I mean, that, it, it kind of would make a little bit of sense. But it, it, I, I, I just, I don't know. What do you think? So, uh, the way that I took it was Jordan knows that he's not a good defender. So instead of try and stay in front of a guy and not be able to stay in front of a guy and maybe even get your ankles broken, instead, he would uh, pretend, I, I guess is, is, is a good way to put it, that maybe he got pushed and he would try and draw a crappy foul rather than right. stay with the play. He still sucks at defense. And we saw that. And I think it's because... You know, we live in this generation where if someone breaks your ankles, then you're on Twitter all day long. And if you're not secure in your ability, then maybe that's a problem. Maybe that's even more of a problem than getting chewed out by your coach. And Steve Kerr uh, pretty much no commented when Tim Kawakami asked him about Andre's comment. But he did it in in such a Steve Kerr way in that he said, you know, Tim, uh, I do your podcast every season before the season starts. And I do Zach Lowe's podcast uh, after we win a title and I don't do any more podcasts. I used to do a lot of podcasts. You just want to help people out. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he would do Bob Myers' pod- podcast, by the way. Uh, and he says, but you know, the reason why I don't I'm not on everybody's podcast is because they take your comment and they put it in a clip and they tie, you know, they, they shorten it or they do whatever they want to do to make it sound, you know, negative. And, and that's why he, did not want to comment on it. He's like, guess what? That (laughs) didn't get aggregated. (laughs) Yeah, it didn't get aggregated. And he said that, uh, you know, he wants to talk about the now, and he doesn't want to talk about what happened last year. So uh, based off of what Kerr said, he also didn't deny what Andre said. And of course, he's not going to deny what Andre said. Andre is, you know, pretty he he. Andre is not a straightforward speaker, but he is sort of like a, a guy with wisdom and he, he just says things in a way where maybe he's not going to linearly put it to you the way that you want to hear it. But Kurt's not going to say that Andre was lying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so cause Andre was the vet, right? Andre was uh, the vet on that squad. So of course, Andre, what, what Andre's is saying has, has some credence there, but yeah, I thought that was such an interesting comment and, Andre and Evan, they got uh, the season three of their show. And I guess it is on Vox Media, so SB Nation. I didn't even know SB Nation had a podcast network, so that was news to me. But they're back, and I actually like them much better as guests than I do as hosts of their own show. Uh, but, they, you know, they have a unique style of podcasting, so it, it's still entertaining. Uh, but, yeah, I, I really love them as a guest on JJ's show. I still need to listen to it. I've only seen the clips that I, that got aggregated, so I did see that one. Yeah, it's good. You like it. All right, let's end on this, which is the Damian Lillard trade. And uh Lillard goes to Milwaukee in a three teamer. at first I thought I had heard it was like a four teamer. What happened to the four teamer? Wasn't it didn't it originally get reported as a four teamer? I feel like you're right. Like the original Woj. Well, I, didn't Shams misreport it? Like right oh, in the is that, is that what he did? Shams said he was going to Toronto and then he had to delete it really quick. It was like the arson oh. judge. Yeah. Oh, is Shams. Very arson, arson judge-like. Shams He's is Shams, lucky I didn't see it. I would have taken him off of my notica- notifications and put Woj back on. <laughs> uh, okay, so here is the full trade. So the Bucks get Damian Lillard and the Blazers get Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, uh, Tumani Kamara and the 2019 unprotected Bucks pick. Wow. Uh, and uh, Bucks pick swaps. I, I thought I would heard there were two pick swaps, but maybe there's only one. Which, what year is the unprotected? T- 2029. Okay. And then the Suns get uh, Nurkic, uh, Nasir Little, uh, Keon Johnson, and Grayson Allen. So they basically get bench depth and they have to swap out Ayton. For Nurkic and uh and yeah, so I uh, the here, so obviously the Dame Lillard piece is is the big, the big uh, 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 uh the big blockbuster piece of this is Dame Lillard because now you pair him with uh Giannis, you still got Chris Middleton is still on that team, mm-hmm. right? So that that's that's kind of your big three, Brook Lopez. So you know, Dame that they're they're going to be able to spread the floor. And do a lot of Giannis kind of doing stuff and then kicking out. And Dame's going to get a lot of, get a lot of three-pointers. I, I I think Dame took like 11 three-pointers a game last year. I, I It's either going to be that again or more. Like he's just mm-hmm. going to be shooting. Now the thing, because the Suns are going to be one of the top teams uh, in the West and the Warriors play them on opening night. I actually thought they kind of lost this trade because now, I'm assuming they believe it is addition by subtraction with Aiton. We know that there were problems there with Aiton. But if I am Kevin Durant, and I look at the way that teams are going to come at the Suns, if I'm the Warriors, I go, okay, we're going to attack Nurkic and get him off of the floor by going small, and that puts KD into a 4-5 scenario, and that's bad for Katie. I, that's the part of this this trade that I don't understand is that the Warriors have shown time and time again that they're just going to play Nurkic off the floor. I mean, they just did that in in Portland all the time. And so now you have a center who's not going to play well against the Warriors. And and since this is not only the Warriors, may, maybe Nurkic defends Anthony Davis better. Or maybe than it's Dayton. Joker. Right? Maybe it's Jokic. I don't know. I'd... Kid, Nurkic plays Jokic well. Maybe maybe he does. We'll have to look at those numbers. Well, yeah, we'll have to look at But them. I I just saw it as like, man, if I'm KD, I would have wanted Aiton because Aiton is more athletic, and you would hope that he could stay on the floor even when teams play a little smaller just because he's more athletic. And I look at Nurkic, and I'm like, ah, like defensively, well, what's, what, what are we going to do there? And that would force KD to play... Big a little bit more now. Maybe it's uh, bowl bowl, probably not. I can't imagine. Uh, who else is the who's the other center that they have? Uh, Eubanks, there's another guy who can't score. Chimezi Metu, there's a few that like if you look at Phoenix's bench prior to this trade, it was like a bunch of players who flamed out in other places. Um, but they do pick up bench depth. Grayson Allen is is a really solid pickup for them to to play, you know, to to actually get some minutes because he can actually play some basketball. So I just I just thought it was a little weird. If I'm KD, I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna have to play a lot more four and then maybe even play some five. Like that's not gonna be fun. It's not gonna be great for my legs, it's not gonna be great for you know later in the season because this dude's been getting hurt a lot. So that's interesting to me. Um, but yeah, what did you think of this trade overall? Um, I guess, yeah, from the Suns' perspective, I think think it made sense to me, but what doesn't make sense is that they liked Nurkic because he plays good defense. Like, that's what they liked from him, and I I just, like, I think you just spewed off why that's, like, he's just not a good defender to begin with, so I don't even know. You know, I don't even know if he's a good defender. It's just, you know, a lot of times when the NBA sort of goes trendy, and what was the trend? The, The Warriors went small ball, right? But their small ball was still, like, Harrison Barnes, KD. So, you know, those guys are still tall guys. Mm-hmm. But now you flip to their side and you go, okay, Embiid and, and, and Jokic are, you know, maybe the two best players, Anthony Davis. And now there's this emphasis on centers. And I'm just like, how many centers matter in, in the league? Five? Yeah. <laughs> like there, there's Like, if there was 10 or 15, then you go, okay, now we need to match up. But there's like five, like who, like you could. We saw what Jokic did to Anthony Davis, right? Like even Anthony Davis, as good defensively as he was, he could not handle that dude. So you're telling me that uh, now we we emphasis on guys who can guard him? No, no gonna be able to guard him. It's like saying, you know, we want we we want to grab the the best uh, small forward. Who who defends you know in 2010 because we need to stop LeBron? No, you're not going to stop him. Like you need to figure it out in other positions. You need to be better than we. You need to be better than Denver in every other position except for center because you, just, you're just not able to yeah. do that. I mean, that was just my only rationale. Like the only thing I could potentially see them thinking is that oh, Nurk is is defends Jokic semi well. I don't I don't yeah. know. I do, I disagree. I would have rather kept Dayton, but I guess I see the vision on like you know my main pushback on the Suns doing anything this year was because I thought their bench was was lacking a lot. And mm-hmm. I I like Nazir Little as a player personally, but I mean he hasn't ever been to the playoffs. He probably you can't say for sure he's going to be a good playoff rotation player. He's never been there. I think Grayson Allen's a solid pickup, but yeah, I feel like the Suns just, you know, I think they understood that their weakness is is their bench because like you said, it's just it's that typical like 2017 Cavs, 2020 Lakers, where you just get all these guys that kind of flamed out because you have all your your money's going to like three guys. And so you're just trying to get all these minimums of people, guys trying to prove themselves. And you know, that, that just usually doesn't really work out that well. So um, I I guess I like the idea of trying to get more bench players. I don't know if I like the players they got, Mm -hmm. but um, Portland. Yeah. I mean, it seems like Portland got the best deal. Like uh, it sounded like Miami was just playing hardball and like, you're not going to get a better deal from us, from anyone else. And they, and they went and got one. So um, we'll see what they end up doing with Drew Holiday. I'm assuming he's not on the roster to start the season. I'm assuming they'll get more assets. Maybe they're going to start loading up kind of like how the jazz and the thunder are where it's Just give me more picks. Give me more picks. Um, so we could build around these players from Milwaukee side. I think that it's a win for them. They don't even have to win a championship. In my opinion, I think Giannis just has to sign on the paper <laughs> of an extension or, or a re-signing, resigning. And, and I think that's a win for, for the bucks. I'm, I'm really excited to see this stuff It's because I feel like Dame, um, uh, Damian Lillard's awesome, but I, I feel like he's kind of had this mentality lately of, uh, kind of like, look, I've, you know, that, 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 that mentality of like the Blazers aren't doing anything for me. I haven't, they've been not giving me these players to play with that are good. Like it's not my fault. And it's like, okay, well here are the best teammates you'll ever have. And that most stars have never had. Here's Giannis. One of the, the, the second best player in the league. Like no one really ever gets to play with a guy like that. Mm -hmm. Here's Brooke Lopez, a guy who was just in the defensive player of the year, top three defensive player of the year campaign. Here's Chris Middleton, a guy who was proven to be a number two on a championship team. Like, sure. He hasn't been as good lately, but the like, I wonder if it kind of hurts some legacy type of uh, arguments for Dame. If if he just like S is the bed, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if he's just like bad, it's because he gets hurt. That would suck. Yeah, that would, um, be, that would be bad. But no, I'm hoping it works out. Like I'm hoping, you know, championship. As long as the Warriors aren't in the finals for them. But, uh yeah, I, I, I just, I just think it'd be funny if, like, it'd be kind of funny if, if they were bad and and he's like, they never give me good players to play with, and they still suck. Uh, all right. So uh, one, I just wanted to make one mention, uh, the, our, our website, bspnmedia.com. You can find all of our podcasts and our, our, and our videos on the website if you are not uh, on the YouTube channel and are, are not subscribed to our podcast feed. But also, uh, I'm going to be doing a little bit more writing there, uh, so there will be articles up. Uh, first article that I just put up this morning... Was who does Brock Purdy resemble the most out of uh, quarterbacks? Because, you know, f- hardcore 49er fans who love Brock, they're like, oh, second coming at Joe Montana. I do not see that. Uh, I, you know, my comparison is Jeff Garcia, m- you know, maybe a little bit of less reckless of a Jeff Garcia, uh, but I actually made a, a fictional quarterback comparison to, to Brock Purdy. So you can check that out on bspnmedia.com. And for our next show, uh, I'm hoping that we get back to the weekly cadence, but we'll see if there's any news. But the next time that we record, I will have a piece updated that I'd written probably like six or seven years ago uh, about the greatest Warriors roster of all time. Historically, if we're putting together the all-time Warriors roster, I think I did it to where... You know, I, I had a limit so that Wilt Chamberlain couldn't be on this team. I, I put like a minimum number of years because he just didn't play for the Warriors for a very long time. But I may adjust that. We'll see because I'm going to have to fit KD on this team. Yeah, does Barry, uh, does Mullen start? Uh, No, Chris Mullen does not start on this team. Rick Barry I, does? I don't even know if Rick Barry starts on this team. You're I would just put, do 2017 and Wilt Chamberlain, even though you can't have Wilt. But... You're going to put uh Rick Barry starting ahead of Kevin Durant? Hell no. No, that's why I'm, I think it's, you know, the all time team is just going to be 2017. So find your center. Uh, the thing about that list is I actually reached out to Jim Barnett uh, on Twitter and I was telling him about this project. And so he gave me some ideas, but uh, I think even then, like that team that I put together years ago, I think we're going to have to remove a lot of players. So I will update that list and I will put it on uh, bspnmedia.com, and then we'll, we'll you and I will talk about that team. Yeah, I guess like, really quickly, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know as much of the Warriors' history outside of like the players and the one championship with Rick Barry, uh, the TMC run, all that stuff. But in a in a roster of fifteen. You know, mm-hmm. I guess maybe not ranking the one to fifteen best players in uh in, in, in oh, Warriors history, but I, I feel like Loon's gotta be on that team. Maybe not one through fifteen, but just just a guy who can guy who's gonna win, man. He's just gonna be there and, and fight. Yes, Loon is an interesting person for a team like that. Hey, I put Loon on the on team USA, man. You know, I know you I did. I yes. like Loon. All right, well so we'll be back we will uh try and be back next week if there's stuff going on, but if not we'll we'll kind of go our every two week cadence until. The it's Monday probably media day, day next. That's Monday, me- right? Yeah. So that that I mean that's actually something. Yeah, so that to talk will about. be that we we will we should have something to talk about. Yeah. Uh I think I'm going to Monday night raw in San Jose and Ben Cruz was talking about Looney cuz Looney was at Monday night raw the last time they were in San Jose. And he's like, uh oh, I don't know if he's gonna be there. It's gonna be media day. He's like, oh, <laughs> maybe he just comes after media day. Remember what Kittle did? I, remember what Kittle did when we went to TLC in San Jose? Yeah, yeah. He he, he came literally out of the in press his meeting the press conference. He's like, I need to go to, <laughs> to go to watch this. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll be back. Uh, season is right around the corner. Exciting times, media day coming up. So we will see you when we see you. Peace out.